Welcome to All We Know So Far. Come with us on our journey through surrogacy and navigating life as two gay dads. We wanted to document our journey to becoming not only parents, but a two dad family. What was involved, who was involved, and how it all came together. And this is all we know so far. Before we begin, a quick disclaimer to say that we are just two first-time dads sharing our own personal experiences and are not professionals by any means. So don't blame us. We thought we'd put together this little podcast just to explain how things are done, the processes, who's involved, how we did it. Um, just because when we were researching and looking for information, it's quite hard to find you know, the right place to go to find all of the information. There's Facebook groups and communities and you can talk to other people and get their experiences. But we thought we'd put together this little package on a, yeah, how, how, to, how to do it, how to navigate surrogacy as two dads. Because all that information isn't isn't just there for you to to go to a website and click on and find. So it's it's easy to be able to listen to our podcast, get that information summarized. Just, yeah, it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Um, so well, well, I guess we should start off with introducing ourselves for those who don't know us and our story and sort of how we met and how we got to where we are today. So do you want to start, Michael? Um, so my name is Michael. I am married to the lovely Jonathan. Um, we are dads to our son, Matteo. So our, our story begins quite a, quite a long time ago. Um, depends on who you ask as to how long ago it was. It's always a different answer. Uh, but basically I was living in Melbourne at the time and I am originally from the Gold Coast. So I was back home visiting over Christmas and I was on Tinder at the time and I was just swiping through, checking out the local talent, I guess. Um, and I happened to stumble across the very handsome Johnny who caught my attention. My best friend, Beck also gave her seal of approval. And unfortunately, due to time constraints, I wasn't able to catch up with Johnny. So I went back to Melbourne, um, but we kept chatting, kept things um, going. Normally things fizzle out after a while, but we kept chatting and that yeah, was really good. And Johnny thought, okay, this is pretty good. I might, might meet up with this guy, see where things, things are at. And he decided that he's never been to Melbourne before, so took a risk booked a flight and came to Melbourne to to meet up. It actually wasn't over Christmas. It was in August when we swiped. <laughs> it was in September when we met. All right. Sorry. Um, yeah. So for a few months we did uh, sort of I would fly down there. Michael would fly up to Brisbane. We took it in turns. Um, so matched in August, met in September. And within six months I was living in his house. <laughs> Yeah, Johnny made the decision that things are actually going pretty well. Uh, he was sick of the Brisbane boys and took a chance, moved, moved to Melbourne to be with me and um, we had a pretty amazing life. That was eight years ago. Yeah, we had a pretty amazing life. Um, we hit it off and um, we've, always, we've always been pretty comfortable with each other, really open and honest communication, told each other when when we're annoying each other and yeah. had that, that level. Um, so it's been great. So we went on a holiday. Um, we'd been dating for quite a while. We've had many adventures. We booked a European holiday because we were in our 20s back then and it was the thing to do. So we booked a European holiday and as luck would have it, we were going to be in Paris for our anniversary and um, fourth anniversary. And I said to Michael, I was flicking through the dates and I said, 
um, we're going to be in Paris for our anniversary. And I said, so one of us has to propose to the other one because we're in Paris. And then little did Johnny know I had already had the engagement ring sitting hidden at home somewhere. And I was making my plans to actually propose in Paris. What was your reaction when I said that some one of us had to propose? Well, I had to try and shut it down so you didn't suspect anything. So I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of as if as if uh, that's pretty tacky. Who who would propose in Paris? Who does that? Who does that? That's so cliche. <laughs> who would do that on our anniversary? So I managed to shut it down. So he wasn't expecting it. Yeah, so we were in Paris and um, I was. we were told we were going there first thing in the morning to get some nice photos in front of the Eiffel Tower at sunrise and Michael whoops out this diamond ring and... Got down on one knee? Yeah, and I thought you were joking. I thought it was, I thought it was a setup. Yeah, pretty sure the words out of your mouth may, may have contained a swear word and were like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so we got he married. Said, a year he said later. yes. I said yes. Obviously, <laughs> we got married a year later. Um, yeah, um, married a year later. Moved back up to Brisbane. Sort of got sorted and settled back into Brisbane. Uh, after that, we built a house together. So we did everything right in terms of traditional. We yeah dated. We got engaged. Got married. Built a house. We've been living in our house now for about three and a bit years, so yeah. well and truly settled. So prior to us all getting nice and settled and married and happily happily together, uh, Michael, um, tell us a bit about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? So going right back to the beginning. Um, so I was born in Townsville in far north Queensland. Uh, I'm an only child. A lot of people aren't very shocked when they find that out. Uh, when they get to know me. Uh, so it's just me, mum and dad. I had a pretty pretty big family. Um, came from an Italian family. So lots of cousins, aunties and uncles. Grew up in Townsville when I was um, six. Family decided to move to the Gold Coast for a fresh start. Uh, moved there, started school, got settled in and um, made some really amazing friends that I still have with me to this day. So that's pretty amazing. And graduated high school, went on to study graphic design, uh, started my career in graphic design, then decided to take the plunge and move to Melbourne at the age of 23. Uh, packed up everything, left, went on a brand new adventure. Uh, it was a really good experience for me moving uh, into states, starting fresh, uh, completely um, leaving behind everything I knew. So I, I think overall a lot when I moved to Melbourne and started a new life. Uh, lived there for quite a while, um, up until when I met Johnny. And <laughs> the deal was when we met that we were going to live there for a couple of years. Definite amount of time. Say maybe five years. But unfortunately, Johnny missed his family, got a bit homesick. So we cut that five years short to about three years. And then drove you back up here. Guilted me into moving back home. Yeah, so I am originally from Brisbane. Uh, always been here besides living down south um grew up mom dad little sister um parents split up when i was 12 and then and then our family just exploded really (laughs) um my mom met my stepdad they've been together for over 20 years now um my stepdad has a daughter that lives up in townsville so a little circle back moment to uh to michael's family as well 
always been really close to my mum's family and she's one of eight siblings. So they all have three or four kids each. So I had a lot of cousins growing up. It's different times back then. People just had lots of kids. That's that's what they did. That was their hobbies. Yeah. So that's a bit of my background. Um, so this is a podcast about parenting and how we've sort of navigated it and how we've created it and all that sort of stuff. I guess we should... Uh, bring up the fact that we're both dudes we're both we're, if, that, if that wasn't already <laughs> obvious yes. so something i wanted to mention is the growing up as a teenager and sort of realizing that you are gay or you know your life is gonna go down a different path to majority every basically everyone you know and anyway your experience and your sort of path in life is going to be different because right from the get-go things are different so instinctively, as a, as a little gay boy, you know that you're not going to have the same life story as as your yeah. heterosexual friends. Like, you're not going to get married and have kids. It's not a definite. It's not... Yeah. Growing growing up in the 90s, mar- yeah. marriage equality wasn't even a thing. Yeah. It was still a criminal offence to be homosexual in Australia when we were growing up. Yeah. Go to jail. And the, the expectation of your future... It, it just changes. Like as soon as you come out as a teenager, it's, oh, well, you're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. You're not going to do this. You're going to miss out on this. So you're already faced with those challenges to begin with. So you, as well as having to find yourself and discover who you are, it's, it's, a, it's a process to, to go through and then, and then have all of these things that you're being told that you can't do. So for a long time, you come to the realization or the fact that you're just not going to have those experiences, so you shut them off. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not an opportunity. It's not a having thinking of having a family biologically. Yeah. is something that just doesn't doesn't occur. It's not even on your radar. Yeah, so you you just shut it out throughout our relationship. I guess it's it's been a discussion that we have had uh, right from the very beginning, early days. Uh, you're a very family orientated person, and having that conversation with me, uh, expressing your interest and desires to want to have your own family. It was definitely something that we had looked into and had many a discussion about. I think it's not something that you can just say, yep, let's do this. And then in three months time, it happens. It's it's a discussion that is ongoing and there's a lot of research and a lot of things that go into it. So I think we, we definitely had many discussion about it and we were both very keen um, for, the, for it to happen. But we just, at that point in time, in the early days, we just didn't know how to make it happen. We knew it was something that we wanted and we knew it was possible because there are many overseas is the first thing that comes to mind because I think even back before commercial surrogacy overseas. Yeah. Yeah. We we you and I didn't even know if it was possible to do in Australia. But definitely it's a shroud of mystery. It is because there's no information it's so it's like the secretive underground club that you only know about if you know about it. Yeah. Um yeah, we and also the the misconception as well that you need to be super rich. Oh, no. yeah, <laughs> it was one thing that we are not. Yeah, um, but yeah, like it's the, the information isn't out there, so it it felt like wow, there's this thing that might be a possibility, but oh my god, it's going to cost us so much money, and we might have to go overseas, and where do we even begin? Um, so it was definitely an overwhelming idea, but we were very determined to make it happen. We set ourselves a realistic goal. And I think that idea is really important to to have that realistic idea of how long it could actually take. 
Uh, it's like I said before, it's not something that can just happen at the the drop of a hat, like heterosexual couple that can go and do the thing and get pregnant. It's something that takes a lot of planning to do. So having that realistic idea that it can take a bit of time and allowing yourself not to feel rushed or pressured if things aren't moving as quickly as you'd hoped. Yeah. I think that's a very important concept to, to hold on to. Because I think we both were at peace with the fact that it, pro- it probably wouldn't have happened. It's, yeah. Like you said, it's something that rich people do or something like you see on TV. So the fact that we could actually look into it and, you know, give it some idea and thought and and sort of work out a plan to make it happen, it was a journey, really. So we're going to share that journey with, with you. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, it was uh, taxing um, emotionally. It hasn't always been sunshines and rainbows. There have been some hard moments. There's been a lot of stuff go- going on behind the scenes. Like this was a probably a three-year from start to finish um, journey that we went on. I hate using the word journey, but it really is. Yeah. Um, and there's so much that happened that we couldn't share with anyone because it was we sort of kept it to our sort of tight circle of friends and family. Um, so there's... Along the way through the three years, there were so many ups and downs that people don't even know about. Um, but yeah, we wanted to share some of those. Yeah, I think it's really important as well to highlight three years uh, from from concept to baby in arms. No, is is an amazing achievement uh, for that to happen in such a short amount of time. I, I don't know, people are like oh, three years—that's quite a long time. Baby only takes nine months to cook, but for everything to fall into place and allow for a couple of not so great adventures. I think three years is, is a really incredible achievement to get to where we are today. I think it is time for the very important and heavy question. Why? Why did you want to become a parent, Johnny? It's really hard to answer. I, I don't have words to describe why. I think it's just, it's a biological, not even that, it's just a, it's part of the being a human. What's the meaning of life, isn't it? <laughs> to recreate. Just to have a little you that you can go through life with and a little mate. And the I think if you're if you're very if you know that feeling of a love you have for a parent, it, it's an, it's the same in reverse. I think it I think it's a it's a love that you want to give. Yeah. Right. So that's a really good way to put it. What about you? Why you're an only child? Yeah. Um, no nieces or nephews. Yep. No. Why did you want to be become a dad? I, I think it's very similar for both of us where we ourselves didn't have fantastic relationships with our dads. And I, I guess I, I agree with what you're saying is that is that unconditional love that you can put out there in the world and, and have that mini you running around. And I, I guess for me, it's uh, all of the things that I've learned in life and, and my legacy and all these valuable things and this wisdom that I have that I really have anyone to pass that information on to, I would hold on to it and it would die with me. So I think for me, I just wanted that little legacy, that little like, little little me running around that's it's benefited from all the mistakes that I've made and everything I've done in life. And for me to be able to give this child the the best life I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm, we're probably going to make our own mistakes, but to be able to learn from our childhoods and be the dads that we didn't get to have yeah. um, for, for this little tiny human being and 
I guess, our opportunity to, to make things right with the world. That full circle moment where uh, little Mateo is he's going to have two great dads Yeah, where we didn't have that experience. So I think for me, there's, I guess it's like a healing process from my own childhood that I didn't, didn't get that experience. And I want to make sure that I pass that on to him and he has two amazing dads. Now we know about why and the reasons that we wanted to do it. Let's find out a little bit more about how, how it happens. How do you make a baby is two men. How do two men make a baby? Yeah. So ingredients. Okay. So, so like making a cake. Yeah. So first of all, we, one of us, well, we both have sperm. So we've got half of the embryo created there. You will need an egg donor. So an egg donor is a lady who donates her eggs to, to you as a couple um, you, you can, so you can purchase eggs from the World Egg Bank, or you can also receive donated eggs from somebody that you know. You'll also need the fertility specialist, uh, who usually works out of a clinic, a fertility clinic. Uh, you'll need a surrogate. So a surrogate is a lady that will carry your baby for you. You also need lawyers and counselors. Okay. So that's, that's a lot of ingredients. Yes. So we must say also that each state and territory in Australia have different rules and laws that govern surrogacy i guess it's um, not one simple unified process no, right. and that's what makes it really complicated and confusing because it's different in, in every state that you go to so our experience and and things and tips and and sort of how we've done it is going to be very specific to queensland um okay so surrogates so there are two types of surrogates there's a traditional surrogate so a traditional surrogate yep is a lady who will donate her own eggs and carry the baby for you. So that's a traditional surrogate. Okay, yep. A gestational surrogate is a lady who will carry the baby for you from a donated embryo. So a donated embryo is an embryo made from donor eggs and the sperm of whoever, really. Um, main thing to point out is gestational surrogates there's no dna link to the surrogate themselves and the embryo so completely right. separate because the embryo is created externally correct in in the magical lab uh, where they well they will mix the sperm, they know how babies are made where they mix <laughs> the sperm and the egg um and they create what's called an embryo so that's a little um cell that started dividing and that is what is implanted in the surrogate and grows to become a baby I think it's very important at this point to mention some of the uh, important rules around surrogacy in Australia. Surrogates cannot be paid uh, to carry a baby. So you cannot legally pay someone to carry a baby for you in Australia. It can be done overseas. There are agencies and there are all sorts of things that take place. It's a business overseas. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, it is called altruistic. And that is the first time that I have ever heard that word. Essentially, what it means is that someone is doing this process for you out of the kindness of their own heart. Uh, it is an incredible gift to give somebody. It blows my mind that people out there do it. Uh, and they even do it for people that they've never met before and they build a relationship. So this is the most uh, incredible process. So it is very important to, to mention that surrogates in Australia are not paid. Uh, the only thing that happens is um, financially, you must cover the cost of anything that they would incur. So medical expenses, time off work, um, anything that would be related to uh, costs incurred having a baby. Um, same as if you would in a 
regular pregnancy, um, things cost money. So you would help out with like maternity clothes, um, medications, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you would definitely wouldn't expect the surrogate to give you that wonderful gift and also dig deep out of their own pockets to pay for that stuff as well. So it is very important to mention. Your that. surrogate should not be buying her own hash browns. No. <laughs> okay, so we've listed the three main ingredients to creating a baby in this situation, I guess. So the sperm, the egg donor, and surrogate. Yep. We also need a fertility specialist. Yes. So they're the people that put everything together yeah. to make the cake. Yeah. So you'll find a fertility specialist at a fertility clinic. You then have lawyers. So this is the, I guess, the nitty gritty part. So all the paperwork and the admin that goes behind it. So where the lawyers come in is in Queensland, you need a surrogacy agreement before the fertility clinic will go ahead and essentially get anything started. Um, so a surrogacy agreement is something that you can do yourself. There's DIY kits out there. Um, Sarah Jeffett offers one as well. You can also link up and connect with other IPs or surrogates in the Facebook groups. Um, just want to touch on this. You mentioned Sarah Jefford. Yeah. Who who is Sarah Jefford? Sarah Jefford is a surrogate herself. She's also a surrogacy lawyer located in Victoria. And she is an amazing advocate for the surrogacy. She does a, she does a lot of work um, out in the public space, I guess, kind of bring recognition uh, to surrogacy and, and, and sort of uh, cut through a lot of the bullshit that's out there yep. and make it quite simple because it can be simple. Um, so the surrogacy agreement, so it's a, it's a written document that stipulates the, the intentions of the process. Yeah. And the intentions, the expectations, uh, from, from surrogate and partner to the intended parents as well. Um, it is quite important to note that surrogacy agreement, it has to be in place, but it's not legally binding. No. So that creates some more confusion, I guess, but it's a document that needs to be there. So that's why the surrogate and her partner will have legal representation mm -hmm. and the intended parents will also have legal representation from two different lawyers. So basically two different independent lawyers. Yeah. So you go, you go through the agreement and the, it's the lawyer's job to make sure that the agreement uh, makes sense. Everybody understands it. And you know what you're signing yourself up for, I guess. And the other key part of the process is the counselling. So that happens with the surrogate and her partner. She has a partner. It also happens with the intended parents. And the, the role of the counselling is to make sure that everyone is entering into this agreement um, and is of sound mind, fully understands what they're getting themselves into. It is definitely a process that you don't enter into lightheartedly. So the role of the counselling is to make sure that everyone's okay on the same page and that there is communication and methods in place throughout the pregnancy and um, long into after the child is born. Now you know a little bit more about us, where we came from and our story so far. In the next episode, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty on how it all came together. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. And that's all we know so far.